0: Welcome to Therapy in the Wild. I'm your host, Heather Pincelli. I'm a mom of three chaos creators, AKA kids and a licensed therapist. Don't let the cool title and fancy letters behind my name fool you. I am as real, raw and unfiltered as they come both in my personal life and in my therapy office. Strap in and strap on for some brutally honest conversations where no topic is off limits where we play, laugh, and bring fun to the forefront. Let's get started. All right. Okay, I'm so excited. I have Bryn Daler with me today, who's a super special person in my life. So. Bryn has not only been my personal coach, like my life coach, sort of like a therapist, but without the cool, fancy, unnecessary letters behind her name,
1: (laughs) but you said it, not
0: me. (laughs) I'm allowed, but also like, dare I say friend. Yeah. So Bryn has worked with me for gosh, like two, two and a half years now something like that. Been a <laughs> while and and I feel like you just know things about me that well are really in depth and intimate and you've seen me from I remember on call 1 actually we went over like what are my goals? What are my desires? And I painted this picture of my romantic partner and what that would look like and of my dream house compared to where I was living at the time. And so yeah, you've seen me from the stage of like wandering around like a little lost puppy. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't call you that, but <laughs> and also like then now where I'm at, which is, you know, I did just buy that dream house that I crafted in the very early stages of us working together. Mm-hmm. And as we were preparing for this call, I was thinking like, oh, yeah. I've dropped some pretty like fun shit in your lap on our calls together, on our work together. <laughs> like Yes. But dropping like, oh, I met this guy and here's how that looks to I'm still fucking my ex-husband.
1: <laughs> that was a plot twist for sure. <laughs> that one we me- had a couple of conversations about that. <laughs> that one took
0: me a hot minute to like tell you too.
1: Uh, totally. And it's funny, as a coach, it, it's not the first nor will it be the last time I had something where a client kept something from me. And, you know, of course, I always try to create the safest space possible, but ultimately it's up to the individual to release information when they're ready. And I feel like once you shared that with me, you were able to be set free with some major just openings because you weren't holding that thing anymore. Yeah. And so, yeah, to put it simply, you have dropped some fun shit in my (laughs) lap as your coach. Yeah. (laughs) And I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. But I was going to say, one
0: of the things I've always appreciated is in my life, I have heard so often from so many people that I'm just so much, like I'm intimidating and I'm so much. And from the very beginning, there was never this feeling, nor did you ever say that to me of like, oh my God, what am I going to do with this girl?
1: Can you imagine if I was like, you know, you're really being a little much right now. No, I'm here for the opposite. I'm like, give me more, bring out your crazy, share the shit that no one wants to hear because they're like, are you insane? Like I'm so here for that because that's all of us. Like, I don't want to be someone's coach that only brings their shiny, happy sides. That would be a fucking boring and be not real. So I'm here for all of it. And I hope Everyone knows that if you're working with a therapist, a coach, a guide, uh, anything, that the whole point is to bring all parts of yourself so that you can become integrated, right? right? I think that's what happens where we really fuck ourselves up is when we are hiding pieces that really just want to be seen and heard and felt and integrated. And then we become this like beautiful full self versus thinking you have to act and be one way. And that's why I love your show, this, you know, this idea that you can be unfiltered and have therapy that's a little bit wild, but it's what's real. And I think people are craving that. Mm, Yes. Yeah. That certainly
0: felt good to me having gone to multiple therapist coaches that, you know, just very quickly would say something like you're so much, or, you know, you're really intimidating and I see your name on my schedule. True story. I see your name on my schedule. And I feel a little pain in my system because I'm like, oh, what am I going to do with this girl? And it just really reinforced that limiting belief that, you know, was already established from childhood of, I need to play it smaller. I need to tone it down. And one of the things that I recognized during our work together was if someone, whether it's professional and especially a partner or a potential partner says something to me like, oh, I'm intimidated by you. I am not there to try to convince you not to be intimidated by me. Mm. Like if that's coming up for you, let's just move on. <laughs>
1: like, Yeah. I, for real. I, I think, oh God, there was like this really clever. Oh, it was like something like a meme that was going around. It was going, getting viral for a minute. And it something said something like, if I'm too much, go find less. Yes! Something like that. Right. Yes. And it's, I don't want that. And I also think this is the value of coaches and therapists and guides and blah blah blah, whatever you want to call yourself nowadays, doing their own their own fucking work. Oh. Because my God. that's such a projection. Yeah. Right. Like, can you I can't even imagine that it's so unethical to me for someone to say, like, I'm intimidated by you. I mean, maybe they're thinking that, but to me, that's just a glaring red flag of like listen, I don't want to paint the picture that we're ever fully healed. Like that shit will just, yeah. we'll have work to do in ourselves until the day that we die. Like newsflash, your therapist is doing work on themselves too. Hopefully. I hope <laughs> that they are. If they're not fucking fire that right? shit. Um, but like, this is the the red flag is like, if they're not able to notice their own shit and hold themselves in that versus dumping that on their student that or, is. you know, client that is so bizarre to me. Yeah. Run. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, and that reminds me year this is years ago before I even knew that there was such a thing as healing work, let alone practiced it, embodied it, did the work myself. I remember writing um a therapist and being like, "Where did you learn this? What was the training?" <laughs> right? It's like There's no training. I mean, yes, there is trauma training and somatics and all that. There are trainings, but if you're not doing the work and embodying it yourself, the training really means nothing.
1: Absolutely. What's the phrase that keeps, I keep seeing like we are an information obese society, but we're really lacking integration and that embodied wisdom. That would be like me working with a morbidly obese personal trainer. Like, it's just, people may hate on me for that, but like, that's not going to be the person I aspire to work with. I think when you hire a coach you're, or anyone to work with, at least for me, I hire my aspirational identity. I hire the person that I go, okay, you've got some magic and some shit that I've never seen before. I want some of that. So I'm going to pay you to teach me the codes <laughs> and to be in your energy because I aspire to go to the place that you are and you're probably going to give me the shortcut. Not that there is a full shortcut, but a coach's job is to synthesize information so that you don't have to make all the same mistakes your coach did. Like, hello, that's the beauty of hiring someone that's been there, done that is they can go, okay, don't take that left turn up there because it's (laughs) actually like really (laughs) fucked up. You're going to want to turn right up there and all the other things that they can pass along to you. So I always think like my job is essentially getting glorified to learn and synthesize.
0: Yes. I love that. Okay. So I'm going to, you out of left field with a fun question. Well, I think oh it's a gosh. fun question. <laughs> okay. I'm nervous. Yeah. I did not. I did not tell Bryn this was coming. So nope. So we've worked together a long time. We've done group stuff. And was it Cabo that we did the girls, women's mm-hmm. retreat thing? Yeah. So you've seen me in a lot of different capacities. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Here's, here's my question. What's the craziest, most jaw-dropping, put whatever word you want there, that you got off our call that I, that I plopped in your lap? I like basically boo landed it in your lap and you got off our call and you were like, what the fuck? And maybe, maybe you <laughs> sat there for a minute going, what just happened? Or you called like a girlfriend and you were like, you would not believe what my client just said. What was it? <laughs> <laughs> I
1: dropped oh, I know. crazy shit on you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally. I mean, I already know. I can tell you the exact place where I was and I will do my best to not include any names. <laughs> But I was in New York for Christmas with my partner and I was starting to like wind down the work month for the holidays and it, you would send me a Voxer. It wasn't even a call. You would send me a Voxer because I provide support outside of my calls to my clients telling me of a person who you had been dating and catching them in their infidelity mm, And I remember this the details that you left me of like You had uncovered, and what this person had done. I was like, "This is some fucked shit." Like, not for you, meaning what you did, but what this person had done. And I keep all of my things confidential, so I didn't tell anyone this. But I remember Eli being like, "Are you okay?" Because I was listening, and I think my jaw had dropped. And I think mostly because I had watched you date this person. I watched. I remember the moment you met them. I remember working through like your personal wounds and traumas around, like not being able to trust people. And then the really shitty news was that this person seemed to be not seemed was untrustworthy and having to hold you through that process of like essentially your biggest fear coming true. And there's gifts in that though. You know, there is a gift in the worst case scenario happening because a, you realize you don't die. And B there was major learning that occurred for, for both of us. And I think that's the hard part as a coach too, is I see 5% of your life, right? Like I see you on a one hour call and then I get to hear bits and pieces. But I think that's important for everyone to keep in mind is like, you can really cater what you tell your coach, your therapist and hide stuff. And you even said, you know, earlier in the show, you're like, yeah, I hid some stuff from you. And so, yeah. You we weren't playing with a full deck of cards. Yeah. Totally. Neither of us were in that situation, <laughs> <Right>? actually. No. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. He had
0: most of the cards. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah and the ones you yeah. we were given were fucked up. <laughs>
1: yes. Yeah. And I will say that despite it being like a really shitty thing that happened, A, I was so glad that it happened to you because it taught you a lot about yourself. Yeah. And like, for me, anytime something crumbles or crumbles for a client, I'm always like, fuck yeah, because that just created space for what was actually supposed to come through. And that man was not it. So yeah. And I remember
0: that call that, that boxer, like you remember where you were. I remember where I sent, where I was when I sent that and was like, holy fuck, like I have got to tell Brynn this right now. Yeah. And uh, something that I have reflected on recently really. Pretty deeply is you might not know know this or recall this, but I didn't really break down. It was this really weird uh, when I discovered it, it is as if I knew exactly. It's like my nervous system was like, boom, been there, done that? I know how to handle this. It was the most calm reaction, and I had tears, but it wasn't around what they did. It was around the fact that I had ignored some Mm -hmm. things within myself that I was like, there are things I'm desiring and I'm, I'm not choosing myself. So I chose that person over myself. And so that was where my biggest ownership got to come from, you know? And so,
1: and here's the thing. I remember wanting you to get mad. I was like, Heather, (laughs) I'm going to shit on you You should be pissed. Like I, I love taking a stand for people in that way where I'm like, I call bullshit on the like, everything is fine response because he really betrayed you with multiple people. I mean, it, like, I'm just going to go ahead and like say some of the tea. It was like, this was not a like, oops, one thing happened. I'll never do it again. It was like multiple lives, like lying about where they lived, like some like pawn level shit. And I remember being like, I think you're actually a little too calm for what has happened because there's a part of little Heather that's like, oh, like I'll always have to have my own back. And this is just more proof of that. And I wanted you to, to feel the opposite of like, yes, you do have your own back, but like this was fucked up. And I want you to feel the the fucked upness um, and let her have that experience. Cause otherwise I think we were just like skipping a really crucial part of the healing. Yeah. And
0: to add a little bit to the T, right, is like literally this particular person was using fake names, hiding children that existed, like deep, intentional, cold, calculated shit that like you read in the books. And I remember thinking at one point when all this stuff went down with my ex-husband, like, man, that was cold. And I remember as I reentered the dating field being like, it can't get much worse than that. (laughs)
1: No, <laughs> that is true. Don't we only go up from here, baby. Yeah, but the real work really will be for you. It's in this, like, learning to let love in again after infidelity, after distrust, and also trusting yourself sooner. Because like you said, in hindsight, there were warning signs and signals that as your coach, all I could see was like, Oh, this person has a hard time trusting. I'm actually going to encourage you to trust. And, but I wasn't getting the full picture. So, (laughs) right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I do, you know, uh, as I, as I worked through it and, and went to therapy and worked with you and sat, sat in the grief and did some things on my own. One of the bigger things that really came through was I can have a choice. Like I instantly in that moment when I when I discovered the multiple people in the just in-depth lies and deceit in multiple lives, right? I immediately, it's the craziest, strangest thing because I immediately my nervous system was like, you know, this, you knew this was going on. And you play a role. Like I instantly knew. I remember when it happened with my ex-husband, I crumbled. I went to bad places because I was like, what did I do? It was all about me. And in that moment when this happened, I knew it had nothing to do with me. It was the most peaceful, calm, like I knew definitively, concretely, groundedly, this had zero to do with me in the sense of the choices. What had to do with me was he had not been showing up fully. And I had been settling for that. That's like, that was the most beautiful part was just recognizing, here's the piece I've yet to heal. And now I'm going to, like, I knew in that moment, that's it, fucking like every, all gloves off, like this part's getting addressed. I will no longer hide from this part of me. And I called everybody that I was keeping anything from and was like Mm -hmm. confessional. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, Like, I (laughs) I just laid everything on the table no matter how small it was, I was like, this is the piece of me that gets addressed and it gets addressed now.
1: Yeah. A couple things come up. So I think one, it's so interesting when life hands you the same opportunity twice. like If you're perceptive enough to recognize that, it's like God going, here you go. Here's your other opportunity. But you don't really want. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's because the lesson hadn't been learned. I don't think life gives you the same lesson at the same magnitude twice. I think that life presents it to you one time in like a profound way. And if you embody it, then you're not getting dealt that same hand again. I don't think that's true because you, it can't be true because you're a different person. You've embodied a new lesson. And so this was your opportunity to really see like, oh, I am a different person and I've learned and I've embodied and I've integrated. And the piece that you shared, which I such a big proponent of is Radical responsibility. Because I even said, I remember saying this phrase to you. I've said this to many clients. Anytime a client is with a partner that they know is not the one, and it's like the writing's on the wall, they know it, I know it, they've maybe even said it. I will use the language, if you choose to stay, dot, dot, dot. Because I want to remind you that staying is a choice. And That's, I remember using that language with you. If you choose to stay, because it's always a choice. And that's where responsibility comes in. Yeah. I am not a victim here. You have freedom to choose.
0: Yeah. And one of the most profound things that you said, it was literally like the first thing you replied back on Boxer as we were going back and forth. And you said, Heather, you cannot trust a goddamn word that man says. (laughs) (laughs) And it was the most like crystal clear. Thing you had really ever said to me was like a lot of times you know there's this sort of neutrality or devil's advocate or right and this was like right. this very like boom I literally <laughs> wrote that down and anytime I would try or be tempted to you know kind of be open-minded it was like this voice like Bryn's voice
1: like
0: <laughs> <laughs> booming I heard that person <laughs>
1: <laughs> I thought it was gonna be more of like a booming voice like you can but I'll take it. No, I love it was that that that's the most in. profound thing. <laughs> that makes me giggle. Like, like, LOL. Quote me on that. Right. <laughs> so
0: yeah, it it, um, it is. It's such an interesting shift, and you know that coming on the heels of you know when we had one of our first calls, and you were like, "Paint your picture perfect person," and like, "What's that romantic life look like?" And then watching me through that, and then, you know, knowing where I'm at now, it's like, oh gosh, it was painful. And I don't appreciate, I do appreciate, but I wish, right? Like, do I wish I could have learned these lessons without that? Yeah. But yeah, I wasn't ready. No,
1: <laughs> no, clearly it was are they not saying? ready. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I, I really believe, I mean, that's how that happens where you'll hear the same thing a hundred times. And then one day it clicks. That's why as a coach, I have to let go of the attachment that the thing that I say is going to land for you because I may be number 99 of a hundred times for it to click for you. And I've had that happen on coaching calls with clients before where they come back to me and they say this profound thing. And I'm like, bitch, I told you to do that like 4 months ago. But yeah, that idea is so good. I wonder who told you that.
0: <laughs> well, and yeah, I mean, here's the thing as a therapist, it's like same. I can see it from a mile away with clients, and until they're in a spot and they feel ready to hear and receive that, we could say it all day long.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: the person and myself included needs to feel and be ready to receive that. And, you know, that opening has to be there or else we're just trying to force our agenda on them. So it's like, yeah, okay,
1: cool. Not ready to hear or see that. Not ready to go there. Cool. We'll stay right here. Yeah. And that's, it's such a lesson in, in surrender and lack of attachment and like watching someone that, I mean, of course I deeply care about you. Like we are in many ways connected coaches, friends and clients. And I think that, um, it's hard when you're watching someone like do something that feels self-destructive. And again, the worst fucking thing I think I could ever do is rob you of that lesson, is, is interrupt your karma. It's like your soul needs to learn that, go into savior mode, I'm fucking you up. And that's then that makes that about me and me having my moment to shine. And it's not fucking about me. And I know for you, like it's not fucking about you when you're working with your clients. It's like Anat used to say, not has been both of our mentors and now friend, you can't save people from their apocalypse, but you can bring them to it. And sometimes <laughs> that's what good coaching is. It's like, all right, if you want to jump off that cliff, I'll be here to, to talk to you after. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: I was brought to it for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And I'm sure there will be another, another apocalypse. I just don't know what it's going to be But not yet.
1: of that. Not of not that of caliber. That not of
0: that level. No. That won't be again, no. but something else. No. So, totally. yeah. So, okay. I have a viewer question for us. So we'll just, yeah, I'll just read it. So it's, how do you, it goes really hand in hand with what we were just talking about. How do you learn to start trusting your intuition and gut?
1: Mm, Yeah. love. So um, I think first you have to know what that feeling feels like. So I would say start with identifying a time where you listened to your gut and it was correct because sometimes, especially if we have a lot of trauma it can be a confusing signal. Like, is that my gut? Is that a trauma response? Maybe you don't even understand the difference between the two. So use the past to understand when was a time that I felt like a, Ooh, like I shouldn't go down that path or like, Ooh, this person seems bad or, Ooh, like I should take that job. Whatever it may be where you felt the ping, Look at that. Maybe write a list of them. So you have some data to go off of A, like this is what this feels like. And B, you're collecting evidence that you can trust yourself. Because what happens when you fuck up and (laughs) because it happens, what people do is they take that and they go, oh, I can never trust myself again. And then that becomes evidence that you're untrustworthy. And that is bullshit. We make mistakes. Hello. Like this is earth school. We are humans. You're going to fucking... Yeah. (laughs) So make the list, look at the evidence you already have. And I would literally practice tuning into that part of your body and seeing if you can actually get into the sensation of trusting that sacral area, that gut response and practice. I had a coach tell me this once practice at the fucking grocery store. Literally like hold up beef or chicken and be like, what does my body want tonight? And trust yes. the first thing that comes to you. Do it with coffee orders, do it with outfits, do it with low hanging fruit where the risks are low and get really good at it and practice. And and you can even go off of like, for example, is my name Bryn? And then if you say yes, what happens in your body? If you say no, what happens in your body? So you're literally using your body as a tuning fork to to figure out what does my yes feel like? What does my no feel like? And then that is a literal muscle that you must go to the gym and strengthen every day. So practice at the store, practice with friends, practice when the stakes are low. And then when you get into those moments where you feel something's off in the relationship or the job isn't panning out the way you want it to be, or like you get this random ping that you should fucking move across the country. And you're like, what is that? (laughs) That's where you get to build that relationship with the unknown and faith and yourself, because you are the vehicle for that. Like you're co-creating this with Energy. I'm gonna get a little woo for a second, but these downloads, these messages, they're coming from something so much greater than yourself. And you're just the vehicle to deliver that message. And so it's about getting out of your own way and turning that like beautiful, but very intelligent brain off and learning how to trust your body again.
0: Yeah, and the body piece is pivotal. Once you, it's like the analogy, once you see it, you can't unsee it. Like once you know Mm -hmm. those feelings within your system, then it's knowledge. And then you get to decide like, oh, I know that feeling. What am I going to do with it? It's a choice. And also I'll just add to that grace, empathy, and compassion for yourself, because mm-hmm. it's like a rite of passage in humanhood that you go through this phase where you're sort of asleep at the wheel in an autopilot. And then you're like, wait a minute, like, hold on. I'm, I'm not trusting myself. Like I am not creating my own path. I'm ignoring my gut, ignoring my intuition. And then like a light bulb, like, actually, what does that even mean? It's, it's a rite of passage. We've all been there, done that. And one of the things I thought of when you were talking is that's actually the, the morning that I discovered everything right before Christmas, I had woken up and my then partner was sleeping next to me and I woke up and I had the worst feeling in my stomach. I thought I was literally stomach sick. And wow. I walked out to the hotel lobby. We were at a hotel and I walked out to the lobby. Something inside of my system just said, grab your journal. And I grabbed my journal and I'm sitting there and I'm sitting with it. And I'm like, am I sick? Am I going to be throwing up? Like, what is going on? And I closed my eyes and I took a few deep breaths and out of nowhere, I opened my eyes and I was like, I know what this feeling is. And Mm -hmm. I wrote the person a letter right there and said, you are cheating on me. Not, I feel like you are not there's, I was like, this is that feeling. I spelled it out in a four page letter that I know this feeling and we have a problem. Mm -hmm. And it was a couple hours later that I took matters into my own hands. And sure enough, I was, I was absolutely right. And it's like, yeah, that feeling, when you know what those feelings are, it's a matter of going, I know that feeling. I'm honoring that feeling. There is no gaslighting. There is no manipulating. There is no anything that can make me question my reality. I know this. You get to choose if you're going to honor it or not.
1: Yep. We always know Yeah, there's really like no such thing I think as being fully blindsided. Cause once we start peeling back layers and asking questions, cause you would, I remember I would catch you in your language. You would say like, I'm shocked or la, la, la. And I would say, but are you? <laughs> right. And I would just remind you to question that because Again, you would go back to, no, you're right. Like I knew this, I knew this was happening and I was in denial or whatever it may be. I
0: didn't know the what, but I knew something was off. Right? Totally. Like I wasn't yeah. questioning mm-hmm. the what, but I knew something was off. You do yeah. know, but you're right. It's that first step is getting out of your head, thanking this, like, thank you, you're great. Set it aside and allow yourself to feel and become into, come into awareness of what your body is telling you. Our body mm-hmm. always knows before our head even does just our head thinks it knows everything
1: (laughs) (laughs) yes it does (laughs) my partner i'll say i'm open to being proven wrong and he'll always go no you're not you're right (laughs) but i am but sometimes i'm not No,
0: deeply i am
1: Sort of, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh,
0: well, thanks Bryn so much for joining me and us today and sharing your wisdom and your beautiful light. Mm. We appreciate it. And I will be sure to have you on again.
1: My pleasure. Thank you.